سربسر ہے کلام میرا بھی وہ میرے آقا کی زندگی ہے یہ سب تمہارا کرم ہے آقا بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ریڈی رمضان ایٹی سیون پوائنٹ سیون ایف ایم پروگرام ریفلیکشنز میں ہوں آپ کا ہوسٹ زبیر اکرم آج گلاسکو بارہ رمضان المبارک گلاسکو میں آج افطار کا وقت ہے آٹھ بچ کے اٹھائیس منٹ ہمارا اور آپ کا ساتھ انشاءاللہ اب سے لے کے افطار کے وقت تک لگ بگ رہے گا ہم نے اس پروگرام میں صورت الروم قرآن حکیم کی تیسویں صورت وہ آپ کے سامنے رکھی ہے اور ہم اس کے مختلف جو موضوعات ہیں اس پہ اب تک گفتگو آپ کے سامنے رکھ چکے ہیں صورت الروم جس کی ابتدا ایک تاریخی واقعہ سے ہوئی کہ جہاں رومیوں نے شکست کھائی فارسیوں سے اور پھر ودن نو سال کے اندر اندر جو کہ حضرت ابو بکر رضی اللہ عنہ نے گویا شرط لگا کر کے وحی کی مدد سے لوگوں کو یہ بتایا کہ دوبارہ رومی جو ہیں وہ غالب آ جائیں گے اور اس بیک ڈراپ میں اس کے بعد توحید کے دلائل انسانی زندگی کو سمجھنے کے دلائل اس صورت میں موجود ہیں اور اللہ کی نشانیوں کو اللہ کو اس کی نشانیوں سے پہچاننے کی جو بحث ہے وہ ہم پچھلی تین نشستوں میں کر چکے ہیں آج انشاءاللہ انہی آیات کو دوبارہ ہم آپ کے سامنے رکھیں گے اور شیخ سے اس کی گویا ایک خلاصہ کی صورت اور اس کی ایک سمری کی صورت میں پوری انسانی زندگی کے بارے میں جو ہدایات ہیں وہ ان آیات میں موجود ہیں کہ اس کی اتدا کیسے ہوتی ہے اور اس کو بسر کیسے کرنا ہے تو آج کی آیات اور ترجمہ اور پھر اس کے بعد اس کی تفسیر بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنْ خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ تُرَابٍ ثُمَّ إِذَا أَنْتُمْ بَشَرٌ And of his signs is that he created you from dust. Then suddenly you were human beings dispersing throughout the earth. And of his signs is that he created for you from yourselves mates that you may find tranquility in them. And he placed between you affection and mercy. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who give thought. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ 
And of his signs is the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the diversity of your languages and your colors. Indeed, in that are signs for those of knowledge. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ مَنَامُكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَابْتِغَاءُكُمْ And of his signs is your sleep by night and day, and your seeking of his bounty. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who listen. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ يُرِيكُمُ الْبَرْقَ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَيُنَزِّلُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً فَيُحْيِي بِهِ الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمٍ يَعْقِلُونَ And of his signs is that he shows you the lightning, causing fear and aspiration. And he sends down rain from the sky, by which he brings to life the earth after its lifelessness. Indeed, in that are signs for a people who use reason. And of his signs is that the heaven and earth remain by his command. Then when he calls you with a single call from the earth, immediately you will come forth. وَلَهُ مَنْ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ كُلٌّ لَهُ قَانِتُونَ And to him belongs whoever is in the heavens and earth. All are to him devoutly obedient. صدق الله العظيم اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے کہ اس نے تم کو مٹی سے پیدا کیا پھر یکا یک تم بشر ہو کہ زمین میں پھیلتے چلے جا رہے ہو اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے ہے کہ اس نے تمہارے لیے تمہارے ہی ہم جنس سے بیویاں بنائیں تاکہ تم ان کے پاس سکون حاصل کرو اور تمہارے درمیان محبت اور رحمت پیدا کر دی یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو غور و فکر کرتے ہیں اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے آسمانوں اور زمین کی پیدائش اور تمہاری زبانوں اور تمہارے رنگوں کا اختلاف ہے یقیناً بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں دانش مند لوگوں کے لیے اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے تمہارا رات اور دن کو سونا اور تمہارا اس کے فضل کو تلاش کرنا ہے یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو غور سے سنتے ہیں اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے کہ وہ تمہیں بجلی کی چمک دکھاتا ہے خوف کے ساتھ بھی اور تما کے ساتھ بھی اور آسمان سے پانی برساتا ہے پھر اس کے ذریعے سے زمین کو اس کی موت کے بعد زندگی بخشتا ہے یقیناً اس میں بہت سی نشانیاں ہیں ان لوگوں کے لیے جو عقل سے کام لیتے ہیں اور اس کی نشانیوں میں سے یہ ہے 
کہ آسمان اور زمین اس کے حکم سے قائم ہے پھر جوں ہی اس نے تمہیں زمین سے پکارا بس ایک ہی پکار میں اچانک تم نکل آؤ گے آسمانوں اور زمینوں میں جو بھی ہے اس کے بندے ہیں سب کے سب اس کے تابع فرمان ہیں وہی ہے جو تخلیق کی ابتدا کرتا ہے پھر وہی اس کا اعادہ کرے گا اور یہ اس کے لیے آسان تر ہے آسمانوں اور زمین میں اس کی صفت سب سے برتر ہے اور وہ زبردست اور حکیم ہے صدق اللہ العظیم السلام علیکم شیخ وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ سو سورہ روم And then it moves on to various different topics. And the topic that we've been discussing last few days is how to recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through his signs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we came to this interesting juncture that these ayahs are actually uh, starting from the inception of the human life to how to live and while you're living the life uh, ordained to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we recognize him through his commands mm-hmm. and through uh, his set principles. Mm-hmm. And then it's concluding by saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will destroy everything and recreate again. And then... Okay, this, it starts and then it recreates. Yeah, it doesn't destroy you. It will help you. Yeah. Yes, who creates. It creates and has created and recreates. Okay, so it's, it's created and then it's recreated. Yes, yes. But the, the creation finishes at a point and then it recreates. Yeah, because everyone dies, but it doesn't, men- dies. It doesn't mention directly um, destruction. Yubdu uh, al-Khalq is to, to incep- bring inception to everything. Yeah. And then he repeats it. So he can he repeat the initial, yeah. So it took us like 90 seconds to do all of this, just mm-hmm. to understand, like to go through the whole process of millenniums, you know, mm-hmm. so many, um, um, yeah, so many hundreds and thousands and thousands of years, mm-hmm. millions of years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how does it, so basically these set of ayahs, there's six of them, uh, mm-hmm. six ayahs from 20 to 26. <coughs> And you said... But it just occurred to you that this is from life to the life hereafter, basically. Mm-hmm. We can write a book on that. I yeah, no, I was thinking, I, I was thinking, of, <laughs> I was thinking of that because I was, you know, when we started, when we chose the Surah al Rum, I had, you know, the kind of usual um, reading, understanding of it. So I've read it many times, just as a recitation and, and kind of sur- surface reflection. But when you discuss something and you look at connections of certain things in 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 by yourself, you you find some kind of patterns. And so oh, every year when when we do this, I always find some patterns that I didn't think of before. So th- this one, I've not come across anybody who's discussed, mentioned, or even indicated some kind of se- se- sequential um, connection between very famous set of verses. Remember, these verses are yeah. almost unique in the Quran because in that in the way that it mentions from his signs from his signs from his signs and also they're mentioned in, in numerous uh, contexts because of you know their their importance and they're beautiful and they're kind of the kind of verses that you meant you recite you know say as a da'wah event where you're 
speaking to non-Muslims and you're looking for a very poignant set of verses that make people just sit back and think that that is amazing in terms of the ideas that are presented. Um, this would be that set of verses, six verses. You know, there's other verses like the end of Surah Al-Hashr, which mentions the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, beautiful names, the most beautiful names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's Ayat al-Kursi, but then that's specific to Muslims in terms of their aqidah. But in terms of just general beauty, in terms of creation and the purpose of human beings, I think these this set of verses is amongst the... It'll be interesting to look at Imam Ghazali, because he's got a book called Jawahir al-Quran, mm-hmm. in which he kind of, I think you probably know, but it's translated, one of the early books translated of Imam Ghazali into the Jewels of the Quran, published in the, in the 90s, actually. So it was a good translation. Basically, looking at the different portions of the Quran, some portions of the Quran are considered to be jewels and diamonds and rubies. And so Imam Ghazali, he, what he says is that there are certain sections that are distinct and, and, and more elevated than others for different reasons. So obviously, you know, like Surah Yasin is considered to be the heart of the Quran. Um, you have other chapters such as Surah Al-Waqiyah, which is considered to be um, a means by which you increase your risk or at least stave off poverty so it protects you from falling into poverty as you know Ibn Mas'ud used to have his children recite it as a protection from poverty you have um, you know the last two verses in, in Surah Al-Baqarah which you know we recite <clears throat> you know for example <clears throat> when there's a, a burial taking place this is what you recite the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah and the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah as well so they have every single portion of the Qur'an has some special function, some more than others. Mm. So like Imam Abu Hanifa says that the Qur'an has um, you know, special qualities, some qualities more than others, which are, some are essential and some are extraneous. So essential is that it's the word of God. Everything of the Qur'an is the same from the perspective that it's divinely ordained from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you have um, verses that are from Allah, obviously, as they all are, but then the content is very, very special. Because of the message that's given, so these verses that we were looking at, what what struck me when when I was going, when I, just when we did the first one actually, is that it's starting from the the almost core biological function of the human being, which is just explaining exactly how we came into being, as much as as far as where biology is and and and, and um, you know studies on you know the source and origin of human beings and just life in general is this is exactly what it is. So human beings, we know that they were um, created from, you know, in the divine narrative in the Quran and the, and, the, and the Old Testament and the New Testament. But the Quran has a special way of looking at it, created from clay, created from dust, mm. created from organic matter, <clears throat> which is exactly what we know. And also we know elsewhere in the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, that we created and we made come forth from water every living thing. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so because of that, it set it sets in my mind, which is okay, this is discussing the beginning, mm. the bidaya, the in, the introduction to human experience, which is a biological experience, which is something that I know um Jaladin Romi mentions when he talks about human um development through organic life to plant life to animal life to human life. He talks about some kind of expression of evolution but not evolution in the sense that you have a direct lineage to a, a specific primate which is how evolution is taught now 
which is that we are we're essentially a, a subgroup of a set of primates. What he's saying is that the that the soul and the spirit of a human being develops and matures from being very much organic to being, um, you know, growing and maturing to being some kind of vegetative state, which just exists, and then it goes into an animal state. So where the no, where the soul is very much immature, and it's only there to eat and drink and and, and procreate, until it starts to make that jump, which is the evolutionary um, psychological jump of consciousness, that we're conscious, we're speaking. I'm speaking to you. You're mm. making sense of what I'm saying, and you're using your memory and referencing from all the things that you experience in your life to make sense of what I'm saying. And the listeners are listening and the consciousness of the listener is being affected in a good way or a bad way based upon their own experiences. That is human consciousness, which is the marker of human beings. Mm-hmm. Insan. So we talked about Bashar in the verse verses that came up that, you know, you know, Allah subhanahu and this is actually in, in the in fact it's in those set of verses that from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's um signs is that in fact this is the first this is the first one that we actually looked at. And all of a sudden you're Bashar, you know, you're um you're just flesh and blood. So you're not yeah. really humans, you're not Bashar, you know, is mistranslated as humans. Bashar is like your your um your bodies, your living bodies. Hmm. You've not added that, that quality of consciousness, of love, compassion. That, that capacity of memory, of creating legacy, of, of you know, of valor, of courage, all these things and, and building things. None of that's started at all. None of that is started because all it is... So that, is, that, that's all ruh, that's all soul. That's when the soul comes into play and that's when your your memory of your purpose, your maqsud, yeah, your, 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 your purpose gives you structure. Like if somebody's... Um, you know, in the in the day-to-day life now, what's their purpose? So everyone has a purpose. I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You might wake up and you think, okay, the first thing I want to do is play some PlayStation or something. Like that's your passion. Or you want to wake up and watch news to see what's happening in Pakistan. Or you want to wake up and, you know, look at your child because you're just enthralled by your child. Or you just, or whatever it is, it could be something mundane. It could be getting up, just going, plodding to the nine to five through work. Still a maqsad. You might not think about it, and it might be automated, but it's still a maqsad. And so you get something out of that. And so this is the first thing that came out of these set of verses, is this is a biological function of where we come from, and just the fact that we exist. So, Sheikh, how, how is it important just to recognize that there is this empty clay and water structure, skeleton, mm-hmm. and then there is ruh? That makes it meaningful. Mm-hmm. Why is that important? Because I think the numerous. I mean, another book here coming up. Because you know, the the idea of the source of human origin of human beings is important to be reminded of because of the fact that it instills humility within the human being. Mm. But the source of the human being is such a, a, a insignificant, paltry, essentially insignificant piece of clay. And everybody's from the same clay. Everyone's cut from the same cloth. Mm. So this will come up later on because Allah will talk about racism and colorism and and you know differentiating based, based on language. It's so important just at the, at the level of 
creating equality that you or accept and agree that your origin is all the same. You all came from the same mitti, as they say. Yes, yes, yes. You're all from the same, and and it's humbling as well that you know the point of you. you see, to be honest, I've always struggled with this equality thing. Right? Mm-hmm. We say everyone's equal, mm-hmm. but everyone's not same, right? And then uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given some more honor than others. Mm-hmm. more skill than others mm-hmm. more uh, proficiency in uh, in various fields of life than others intellect for example some have been given more mal more wealth than others mm-hmm. and when whoever has got more of something and if one happens to have more of a lot of things mm-hmm. in comparison to others they then become afzal mm-hmm. so how are they equal they're, they're, they are afzal no. Yeah, they're not, they're, I mean, there's two criteria of creating equality. So there's one aspect which is you, you in your origin you're equal, and meaning you're looking at it from you're taking the snapshot of the of the world, and you're saying, okay, such and such is born in in this family with that background, with that <coughs> with that infrastructure that helps them get through life. Other mm-hmm. person is 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 brought up in abject poverty. Okay, some person and one person you're saying is more intelligent or whatever. Is that the the jury is out in, ter- in terms of intelligence, whether it's neurologically defined or whether it's you know something that people develop in their early years. So there's a whole discussion about whether um, you know people that are called geniuses are geniuses by birth, because the research seems to so show that um, geniuses are people that take the opportunities and start to apply themselves to something. Um, and that's what creates the genius. The genius is mm. that they, 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 you know, start from an early age and they, they continue on. Not that mm. there's somebody who's born less able. It's their family structure. It's their kind of expectations that people have around them that creates the dynamics that makes them either very, very successful and privileged or not. But yes, absolutely, education, wealth—that's something that's inherited. But then, your things are privilege. I mean. Again, that's a, like a snapshot of the of the world. You know, it's like the hadith of Prophet that none of you will enter into your place in paradise until you account for every set, every 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 piece of wealth that you've earned. And so, some of the companions of the Prophet Ali used to, you know, used to worry about the fact that they had to account for every single piece of wealth they had because they, their hisab, their judgment on the day of judgment, and their wealth and where they gained it and how they spent it would be far greater than a person who's poor. Hmm. And so, that thing you're saying is privilege. You know, I was reading today that Warren Buffett, you know, this kind of famous yes. um, in, in, in investor, you know, in his, he's probably in his late 80s now, probably in 90s. Probably. Um, you know, considered to be the greatest in, in investor in the history of investment banking or, and, and um, you know, seed capital. He, what he has earned in his, what, 80 or whatever years, Elon Musk earned in one year last year. Like hmm. the, the amount, the, 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 the diff- differential between that. And you could say, well, what's the difference between the two? Part of it's, uh, you know, a kind of uh, leveraging of intelligence, but part of it is almost like chance. Part part of it is almost he's he was the right place at the right time, making the right decisions. And so making that's that's key, right? Making the right decisions. Yeah, making the right decisions at the right time, and and you know, thinking outside the box and all the rest. But the point is, you know, when they are. Would you say that's a privilege, or would you say that's a, that's a handicap? So all that responsibility ethically with that wealth, 
is from our perspective, you know, you're saying you have a problem with this idea of equality, equality how we yeah. all. You're creating equality in the, in the sense that you will be judged equally on the day of judgment. Like everybody, you know, if somebody has more money or more ability than you, they'll be judged differently than you are because the opportunities you didn't have. So, you know, the balancing act, you know, when you pay, pay tax. But, you, but you're not equal here in this world. No, because... nobody's, nobody's equal because otherwise, how would you know? You know, ayyukum ahsanu amala. You know, how would you know which one's the best in action? Because, you know, you don't create a perfect playing field and then check how people are going because then everybody would be, everybody essentially would be the same because they have to, you have to then say, okay, the, the same intellect, same temperament, same um, use of you know, intelligence, same um, so social so equality. Circles. So equality. Is what, what I'm saying someone... is, so what I'm saying is essentially, if you're asking for that quality, then you have to say everybody has to start with the same social circle, same parenting, same environment, same climate, because all these affect in some way outcomes, don't they? Mm -hmm. So then, because that can happen, so there are extremes. There are extremes, obviously, in terms of wealth, in terms of lineage, privilege, uh, access to power. But that is all part of your own obstacle course, your own obstacle course. So everybody's given their own obstacle course. And then Allah, you know, if you want to create the, the metaphor, it's like God will mark you based upon your obstacle course, not on how who came first or second. Hmm. Like who has the most wealth, who has the most <clears throat> prayer, like who has done the most uh, khatam of Quran this Ramadan. It's not going to be on the I, I can guarantee you it won't be on the on the on the list of things that Allah will look at. He will look at the khatam based upon your ability. Hmm. Do you understand? It's 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 like the Prophet said that. You know that you know the 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 person that stutters when they recite the Quran has two rewards. So, That's unfair. It's not it's not unfair because <laughs> so the person doesn't stutter doesn't get two rewards. Hmm. And then the Prophet said the al mahir, the person who is exquisite in the recitation of Quran, is with the with the angels. So which hmm. one's better? Everybody has their own um, track. You know the person who is unable to recite for for. Because their upbringing, and they weren't able to go to masjid and recite properly, or their Quran reader didn't recite properly, and they didn't recite properly. They have a different um, circuit to 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 God's pleasure than a person who you know was born. You know, you know, our Sheikh um, Sheikh Suhaib Saeed, his his hmm. son's called Mahir, and oh. he's got a head start. <laughs> so yes. his, his father's an amazing recite the Quran, and you know, thinks outside the box in terms of tafsir and all the rest of it. And so his son's got a bit more. You know, a more difficult obstacle course waiting for him because he's he's starting with an extremely big head start. Do you yeah. understand? And so you've got that, and then you've got somebody whose miskin father is like, you know, unable to alif ba da sa, you know, yeah. and the, all the letters are just corrupted. And then the child is, you know, expectations are of that nature. You know, they're kind of stuttering in the Quran. Two rewards right away. That's unequal. That's almost like this kind of positive discrimination that they had to talk about in, in politics nowadays, where they give you know, people that have a disadvantage a head start. But yeah. the thing here is, you know, you know, in, in the world, it's diff difficult to argue giving people positive discrimination. I think it's very difficult because what they're trying to do is level off something that society itself has to, in, sen in one, se one sense, grapple with. And because there's a function to what you people are doing and there's outcome to what people are doing, like an accountant or an engineer, if you end up, 
you know, giving people jobs based upon positive discrimination and they're not the best suited to the job and they're perhaps like building a bridge, for example, and the bridge is is not good and built well enough, then, you know, it doesn't matter if the person deserved positive discrimination. The point is people might die. Hmm. So, you know, this there has to be some kind of balance and, and, the, and the divine balance is one that, look, whatever happens on earth in terms of the cards that you're dealt with in life, there is a, is a leveling up of everybody's judgment. And this is the end of these like six, five, six or seven verses and the judgment that you brought in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so in between that is from the biological creation, which you say you have a problem with the fact that people are not equal. I would say that's part and parcel of knowing, you know, different people's capacities and different people's challenges and how you, you know, you kind of check and mark different people. I think um, that's an amazing start. Because so they're, they're, they're equal on a balance. So they've been, if they have deficiencies somewhere in their life or they are not as good as others. Mm-hmm. That's you know there is a balance that either in this world or hereafter, and that's how they're equal. They're equal in the eyes of God because the thing, if you think equal, you're talking <clears throat> about okay, education, privilege, wealth, etc., etc. All the different you can have perhaps a thousand ways of measuring different differentials mm-hmm. from a different caste, from a different color, skin of tone, tone of voice, accent. For example, you can say, well, this accent is a privilege in, in the UK. For example, Birmingham. I would consider it to be, you know, it's known to be a less amenable kind of accent, whereas the Scottish, mashallah, is, you yeah. know, especially <laughs> Glaswegian is considered to be like the creme de la creme of, of trustworthy voices. So you can say, well, you know, why why, why is that person born in Glasgow? God's already given them this amazing accent to, nothing against people in Birmingham. Birmingham's one of my favourite cities, mm-hmm. as you know. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, the point is that, the perception it's the perception yeah, yeah and so that's you're looking all those indicators are, are worldly indicators and what we are told is you know does not look at your bodies and your wealth but looks at your intentions and your actions so equality is in a sense for god is a different criteria than we have for for us ourselves so equality, God is the same, okay, taqwa. Okay, well, how can a person have the most quality of taqwa based upon their context? Because at the end of the day, that's what you come with, your intentions and your actions. Actions are imbued with um, awareness of Allah or not. And so the end of the ta- end of the day, I mean, end of the day, the big day, asa'a, the day of judgment, what you're judged on is essentially the scale of taqwa, kind of, so your privilege will actually sometimes be a negative for you, will sometimes draw you down, your lineage, your wealth, as the Qur'an constantly indicates. On a day that neither wealth nor children, meaning power and privilege, will help, except for a person, comes to God with a pure heart. And so that's equality. That's you know God is saying that it's a disadvantage actually to have lots of wealth. Which is your ideal privilege? It's a disadvantage to have all the you know social infrastructure that helps you through life, because essentially, if you're saying that these verses show that you start from clay and you're ending up brought out of clay, mm-hmm. everything in between is 
to check how you will perfect the choices that you do and act well on earth. You know, as mm. as we said before, the next verses talk about, you know, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, you know, created you with peers and given you love and mercy. Again, that's the questioning of how do you structure your, your, your family life, your community life as well. It's a sign for people that reflect. And from his signs are this kind of differentiation of, of tongues and, and colors. Reflections with Sheikh Razwan Muhammad um, at Ready Ramadan. Uh, we have this program every day from 7 till iftar time. Iftar today in Glasgow is at 8.28. 8.28, that's right. Um, and we've uh, basically, some, we're bringing you the summary of these famous ayahs in Surah Al-Rum, which is the 30th Surah of the Quran, um, from 20 to 26, where it starts the discussion with how humans are created to how they, how the life will end here on this earth and it will be recreated and everything in between and how this whole process is uh, the way to know your creator um, and the whole journey of living this life gives us the ma'rifat, the, the irfan, the, the recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the whole purpose of our lives. Uh, a short ad break and inshallah we'll continue after this. जो सर्वसर है कलामेरे वो मेरे आकाश की जिंदगी है ये सब तुम्हारा करम है उसकी निशानियों में से यह है कि उसने तुमको मिट्टी से पैदा किया फिर यकायक तुम बशर होकर जमीन में फैलते चले जा रहे हो और यह आयत का इब्तिदा यहां से होती है उसकी निशानियों में से है कि उसने तुम्हें मिट्टी से पैदा किया और इन इस ग्रुप ऑफ आयत की जो इंतहा है वो यहां है और उसकी निशानियों में से यह है कि आसमान और जमीन उसके हुक्म से कायम है फिर जो ही और जो ही उसने तुम्हें जमीन से पुकारा बस एक ही पुकार में अचानक तुम निकलाओगे इंसान की तदा मिट्टी से और उसकी जिंदगी के مختلف مراحل और उन मरहों से गुजरते हुए उसको मौत का आ जाना और इस दुनिया में और इस जमीन पे जिंदगी का खत्म हो जाना और फिर अल्लाह ताला की इस कुदरत का को एक्नॉलेज करना कि अल्लाह जो पहली दफा कादर है इस चीज पे कि इस सारी बिसात को बखेरे उस सारी बिसात को समेट ले और दोबारा से जिंदगी को पैदा करे और उसकी निशानियों में से यह है कि आसमान और जमीन उसके हुक्म से कायम है फिर जो ही उसने तुम्हें जमीन से पुकारा बस एक ही पुकार में अचानक तुम निकलाओगे यानी जिंदगी पहले खत्म होगी और फिर जिंदगी का इरादा होगा शेख मूवी ऑन टू द नेक्स्ट आया एंड द समरी ऑफ दिस इट्स अ वेरी टू बी ऑनेस्ट इट्स आई हैव सेड दिस बिफोर द स्टार्ट ऑफ दिस प्रोग्राम एज़ वेल uh, people have just joined in that 
I think I look forward to you writing, maybe doing a course on this one, on the six ayahs, uh, or writing a book, or writing something on it, uh, in, in depth of how this defines the way we get to know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this ayat, through these uh, uh, ayat ki English kya hogi? Through the signs, the signs, indicators, yeah. Indicators, the indicators. So one of the, the first indicator is that we've been created as mm. um, a vessel that carries ruh. Mm. And that contrast is one way of knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How something insignificant, totally insignificant, carries so much information, emotions, feelings, um, decision-making mm. abilities, cognitive abilities, and abilities how to interact with immediate circle, outer circle, mm. and rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you can see the signs are signs to say, wow, you know, just to say, you know, subhanallah, you know, like whatever it is, you know, people deny the signs, but then you see the signs and you say, subhanallah, alhamdulillah. Mm. You kind of are in awe of the signs, but I think the signs here are almost like a prescriptive mechanism. In other words, telling you, like you go to the chemist, they write out something for you to, you know, all the or the doctor writes a prescription, you go to the chemist, you get it. I think there's a kind of there is a sense for me that this is almost like a prescription. Hmm. It's dis descriptive, obviously, it's descriptive, giving you a kind of a tour of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's a kind of super, I think that's the way most people, almost everybody I've spoken to looks at these verses, which is, you know, subhanAllah, mashallah, such a beautiful description of the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is what signs are supposed to be. But then I'm thinking, is it descriptive or is it prescriptive? Prescriptive meaning, is it there to tell us this is the prioritization of life? This is the way that you should order society. This is how you should... Um, you know, look at decisions in terms of priorities. And this is how one layer over another over another creates the perfect situation where on the Day of Judgment you will be able to meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best way. And this is how I see it, that you start with this sense of um, humility and acceptance of your very lowliest um, beginning, that everybody is the same. And the fact that God has ordained and prescribed for you that you order your society in, in families, family units, with mm -hmm. males and females, and that that family unit is then creates a, a community of love and compassion. This Allah says this is a sign for those that have the capacity to reflect, to think. You know, meaning, is it better to do the opposite? Is it better to just have a complete free for all where children are born without any kind of concept of stability? And the reason I'm saying that is because in terms of the mammal, in terms of mammals, human beings are, are very unique. In terms of the animal kingdom, generally, in terms of the, the, the age at which our children are self-sufficient. You know, you think of think of a dog. You can they can have puppies, and within you know the year, they're able to have a <coughs> kind of cycle of reproduction, essentially. Hmm. You know, but human look at human beings. You go through, and it's unique that you have to go through more than one cycle of seasons, like hmm. spring. Autumn, you know, uh, what's what's the <laughs> spring, autumn, summer, winter? You know, that kind yeah. of that's usually the natural cycle for for any organism. Mm. But what do we have? We have like we have at least you know up to about 10, 11, 12, 
And usually you would take it in terms of maturity, you would take it to the point that the people are able to reproduce, which is the age of 13, 14. That's the period that we have to socialize with our with our with our children. And so this is unique. And so this is why Allah is saying in this is a sign for people that reflect. Because look at all the statistics, all the all the data on people that are born in broken homes. Hmm. You know, people that have, for example, and it's not um, you know, it's it's not um, a, a kind of a kind of description of how th things always are, but we know very clearly that there's a disadvantage for a child, for example, that's born in a, a situation where the, the family's broken, hmm. unless the parents then have an infrastructure where they can uh, offset that. But generally, that's why the Quran is basically putting out this idea that you know, as well at this age of coupling or, or pairing of complementary partners from the two sexes. So that between them, Allah gives them love and mercy. There's a sign for people that reflect. And the people that reflect today should be the people that create policy and, and realize that you can't just say that everything goes in terms of family units. Mm. That, mm. you know, this this whole, um, this is a fad and this is um, essentially a, a kind of, yeah, a fad is essentially a, a kind of, um, it's, it's, some, it's a fashion, I think. Mm. It's a social fashion that, you know, it's irrelevant how you structure a family unit. It's irrelevant how sexuality affects the wider community in terms of generationally. It's a fad because they've never tried it. Have, have they tried ordering society as they're trying to order it now in America and the UK and in, in Europe? I think, well, it's about feeling and different feeling is the thing that is most important and love, that's it. And not looking at the ramifications of that. Ramifications will come, look, two generations into the future. And then you'll see the, the fallout from, you know, social engineering, which is essentially what's happening now. So this is why Allah says, in this are, are signs for people that reflect. And then Allah says, <clears throat> later on in the next verse, he creates the heavens and the earth. And then there's this differentiation of languages and, and colors. The mm. languages, again, is the most potent tool of human beings. Because through language and through the recording of language, they're able to pass on and accumulate knowledge in a way that no other animal species can do, which I didn't mention before, because uh, think about it, you 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 pass away, but you might have a memoirs, you might have told somebody a story, the person, you pass away, somebody else remembers your story, passes on to somebody else. That's like a simple thing of oral tradition, of literature, but think of things like technology. You've come up with this, um, this sequencing to create a specific alloy or metal, you want to pass it on to the next generation, you just write you write it down or you tell them how to do it. And that mm. generation uses that and somebody else comes and does an innovation and then they add to that and then they add to that and then they add to that. Next thing you know, you've got people on Mars, you've got people in, in space, you've got people editing the chromosome sequencing within human beings. All of this takes place because we're able to speak and we're able to communicate. Yeah. And is there any greater blessing civilizationally than the, the, the than the the gift of speech that we've been given? And that's mm -hmm. why Allah is saying this is a sign for people. Lil alimin. Alimin is alim. Alim is literally a person who's involved in knowledge. Mm. Now we translate that in, in modern society as, as a scientist, as an mm. academic. Mm. So it's telling them look, colors and 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 and, and languages are signs for people that you know, actually end up researching this. And so then... Th that, so that's the, true, the true translation of alim is scientist, right? 
Well, alim is a person that knows. Literally, is a person that knows. Hmm. And then alim in the in nomenclature of Islamic secret science is a scholar of yeah. fiqh of tafsir, etc., etc. But this is prior to the nomenclature. This is prior to the point at which we have mustalahat, which are technical terms. So alim in the say, year 140, 150 became a term used for a scholar of Islam. Prior to that, alim was a person that knew, was wise. And so in, in the context of creating, collecting data, is a person that, you know, we nowadays in our nomenclature and, and, and usage would say is a, is a person involved in studying, depending on what they're studying, if it's, if it's natural world, it'd be a scientist. If it's literature, it would be a you know um, a literary critic or something. If it's religious sciences, it'd be a scholar, you know, alim. And so, this is you know is setting up the next layer after you know biologically creating the world and then having a, a, a stable structure for families, is the issue of R and D, research and development, um, investment in, in in sciences, passing on knowledge. That's the basis of civilization. And it's almost indicating that one of those aspects, which is color, is insignificant. You know, it's an insignificant indicator. The, the, the tongues are a means by which you differentiate ideas, but, you know, colors are something you don't differentiate. And then the whole purpose of knowledge is to create stability, to create wealth, to create civilization. And that's what Allah says, you know, created the sign, one of the signs is that he's created your capacity to sleep by night and by day. You know the fact that you know the, the fact you need to sleep indicates you need to rest indicates you're part and parcel of the natural cycle, part of which is to seek sustenance. min That's what Allah says, and then with the sleep you can do ibtiga, because remember sleep is a way of. Hmm. And there's also all this study about you know um, sleep and the benefits of sleep, and the fact most people don't get enough. I'm saying this, but most people don't get enough sleep, um, because it affects your and this is actually Elon Musk. He was saying he had six hours sleep because if he does less than that, he's less efficient. Hmm. So he's tried less and it just means he's less efficient. So yes, you've got more hours, but you're less efficient. So it's a kind of, it's a, it's a, you would say, a, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're taking one aspect of advantage and, and comparing it with another. It's a trade-off, isn't it? <clears throat> there is a, I think there's, this is becoming more and more fashionable now to talk about sleep as diet. So sleep is as important as eating, eating habits and exercise. So yes, I think this is a conspiracy by people that are lazy, personally. <laughs> yeah, so they, they are now advocating eight hours, ten hours sleep. No, there's some people advocating fifteen hours <laughs> in my sleep. house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> but yeah, there, there is this whole thing of uh, yeah, six is not enough. It's actually eight. You know it is. I mean, this is why the Prophet said to um, Abi Dhar al Ghifari radiallahu anhu. He said when he came and Salman al Farisi complained about him, he says, because he didn't sleep hmm. and he would fast and he would he would stay with you know distant from his wife and all the rest of it. And the Prophet said, you know, your wife has a right over you, your body has a right over you, and and you know, so this idea of right, you know, God has a right over the fact that you take care of your body as well. So for us, it's a different thing. So the fact that God has created sleep for us, it's a way of replenishing the battery so that then you can you can jump out and you can you know, exp express yourself and impress yourself upon seeking 
a livelihood from his fadl. This is the extra. This is as mm. if the universe is full of resources. This is extra. This is so much. There's enough to go around for everybody. And there's so much research on this, like the amount of the population that we have on the earth now, which is about 8 billion, just over 8 billion. The resources of it and the wealth of it is, is sufficient to easily take care of all those people and more. Because it's fadl. You know, it's, it's fadl means excess from his generosity. It's not as if it's there's just enough or there's less and you have to scrape and get somebody something that's not somebody that somebody doesn't have any right over. Allah says, indeed, and this are signs for people that think, sorry, people that yasma'un, people that listen. Because the connection I made here um, from what came to me was, why did it say yasma'un when it's talking about rizq? And, you know, I would just say, well, listens to the Quran. But I think you have to think, okay, you know, the, the ears, Imam Malik says, you know, he said, be careful of giving your ear to somebody of 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 questionable belief or questionable ideas because you never know what will affect your ears. And so, so this the is, ear this is, is one of the... This yeah. is not literal, this is me metaphorical. No, I, I think it's, it's, it's kind of metaphorical, but it's not necessarily because, remember, your ears are the quickest way to your consciousness. Because remember the eyes, if you think of the eyes, you can close your eyes and I can't see anything. Open them, I can see them. Um, ears, essentially, even if I turn my back, so if I if somebody behind me <coughs> and I look around, I can see them. If I turn this way, I can't see them. If they're behind me, I can hear them. If, I'm if they're in front of me, I can hear them. If they're above me, below me, it doesn't make any difference. This is why I've got these, because I don't want to hear the kids playing in the background. Mm -hmm. So... The thing is, ears are one of the quickest ways to hu human consciousness. And it's the quickest way. This is why the Quran says, um, you know, when it talks about wasawis, talks about mm -hmm. waswasa, whispering. Mm -hmm. Because the whispers, whisper is sufficient to affect your decision making. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the shaitan, yuwaswisu fi sudurin nas, min al jinnati wa nas. Like, why do we seek refuge from the, the muwaswis, the person that does waswasa? Because that's the thing that plants the seed of doubt in your heart and and think of it nowadays i mean i'm thinking of this like social media if you look at social media and the most powerful and addictive social media are the ones that use eyes and 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 um, hearing this is why you'll see on social media you know you have a video and, and usually in videos they that are mass produced they have captions don't they yeah but you know what they do nowadays they, <clears throat> they say okay sound on yeah and if you notice this yeah yeah or sound like, off whatever no, no, this is sound because you won't, it won't impact you unless you have the sound on. Mm. Because they know that that is what will get you addicted to, to scroll and scroll and scroll to the point that you have people scrolling for eight, nine, ten hours a day. The moment they wake up, reach for the phone, open the app, scroll, scroll, scroll. There's so much research done in this, especially with young children creating depression and anxiety, um, depression over the past and anxiety over what's going to come in the future, all based upon scrolling and scrolling. Yes, ma'un. And the thing in this context, because you're talking about risk and earning risk, mm. there's always somebody telling you, you know, whispering to you that you can make more, more money somewhere else by cutting corners. There's always somebody mm. there, always somebody ready to give you advice. And and at the core of that, at the metaphysical level, is the shaitan I mentioned yesterday. Shaitan You know, he 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 promises you poverty. You know, in in, in terms that, um, you know, if you don't do what I do, you're going to go into poverty. 
and then command you towards evil and illicit actions. So this is a question of, you know, when it comes to risk, you have to be very careful. Do you listen to your consciousness, your heart? Do you listen to divine scripture, ethical voices, or do you listen to people that say, and there's so many, you know, this thing mm. of the, the, the mm. chancellor of the exchequer now, um, you know, obviously, you know, dodging taxation or creating systems within which you cannot pay tax in certain jurisdictions. But the moment they hear all these voices saying you can't do this, you can't do this, then obviously change their tack. They change the, what they're doing, you know, because they're listening to people and thinking, OK, what were people thinking? And based upon listening, they change their, you know, you change their activities. It's all based upon listening. And so that, yes, that is... Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm reading this again and again, and of his signs is you're sleeping at night and you're mm -hmm. seeking his bounty. Mm -hmm. So this seeking of risk and uh, the economic activity is the major activity one undertakes. Mm -hmm. that, that's the activity that everything revolves around. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So if that's and but then it's if I I don't know if I should use that. It's almost like your your level of activity and your assertion, your focus, uh, planning, collaboration, all of that is almost trivialized by saying, "Do what you want," but we will only give you if we feel like giving you. Mm -hmm. It's only fuddle that makes you successful. It's not your effort. Is this? I, 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 no, I don't. I don't. I don't understand that. So where is that from? From here. So where? Okay, you sleep and you you wake up, and you extract risk. Next word. Next word. No, no. Okay. <laughs> you missed a word. Wabtiga is. Ibtiga is. You have to. Your, you have to roll your roll your yes, sleeves yes. up for ibtira to, to find fadl. So it's end, end of the day is fadl. Yeah, it's, it's, a it's, 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 it's a not, no, no, right? no. Fadl is like there's excess. There's enough for everybody. What you need to do is roll your sleeves up. That's what it's saying. So what, what does fadl mean? Fadl is generosity, bounty, excess. So the world is full of excess. There's enough. Basically, is enough for everybody. It's not as if what is on earth is going to if somebody takes it they're taking your rizq basically okay, so it's, it's there. scattered around it's scattered around meaning look if i tell you look if i if i throw a, a group of like um members and i think it's aid okay and i, hmm. and, I and i go downstairs in the in, in, in the main room i put lots of chocolate like i put what 100 bars of chocolate okay hmm. and i've got six i put six kids in there now, when the kids go in there and they see a hundred bars of chocolate, I don't think they'll fight over. Um, you know, they'll as soon as they see there's so much chocolate, I don't think they'll you know, fight each other for the bars of chocolate because they'll know there's enough. They'll know that look, this is enough to go around and more. Hmm. If you put like two bars of chocolate and you say, "Okay, kids, you have to share these two bars of chocolate for Eid," there's definitely going to be some tears. There's going to be definitely some blood spilt, <laughs> even at that young age, some broken nose, you know, something's going to happen. <clears throat> what Allah is announcing is that the fact that there's fadl, like the, when you go out to do ibtigha, like you, you imagine, open the door, go out thinking, okay, today I'm going to earn my risk. Hmm. With the perception that there's enough to go around for everybody, the mindset is different from the fact there's only one winner. 
and there's only one prize. And the, and then the, 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 the shaitan has a much easier job because he just needs to whisper the fact, oh, that person, just kill them. You know, this is what c countries do essentially. Let's kill that population. Let's let's put that population into into slavehood and servitude. Like think of Africa. You know how much wealth Africa has, hmm. like raw wealth, like actual resource wealth. It is mind blowing. And you know how you know how how many you know the kind of the amount of wealth it creates for its own people. It's. Something is some, there's something seriously criminal going on there. Yeah, now I'm talking about like seriously criminal. Like France at the at the core of this has numerous um you know kind of you know bilateral um deals with African countries, which basically put them into a situation where they're just exporting real wealth, like gold or things that have value on the marketplace, and just giving them pieces of paper that they then reprint and reprint and reprint. Yeah. And so that mindset is based upon, you know, what I see at civilizational level is that major civilizations and, um, you know, empires, when they, when they start to look at the fact that, you know, wealth is restricted and wealth is limited, they do the worst of things to the best of people. Hmm. You know, so that, that's when they think, oh, we need to, we need to, like, look at the, I, I mentioned, I think I mentioned this show or something else. You know the the British Raj yeah. and the, and the British Empire. In you know, forty three <clears throat> trillion, forty three trillion estimated between within a two two hundred year period. Forty three trillion is unestimable today in in terms of wealth. You know, think of the American um, national debt. It's a drop in that ocean, and the American debt is considered to be so large that it can't be paid. And forty three trillion is way above that and so where does that come from it comes I, I believe it comes from the shaitan the shaitan whispered in the ears of of these industrialists that you know there's not enough air wealth to go around make the excuse that you're going to civilize the world and just steal plunder appropriate people's wealth kill them maim them rape them doesn't make any difference you know feed them pork it doesn't make any difference i mean so this is where you know you know, people say, well, religion's irrelevant because it just teaches niceties. Well, the whole point of religion is that it stops that kind of thing happening. You know, mm -hmm. the golden rule in a religion is is don't do to others what you would not want them to do to you. But then, and, other, you know, Iqbal says, Hajjurme zaifi ki saza marge mafajat. Hajjurme zaifi ki saza marge mafajat. You know, mm -hmm. if you are zaif yourself, mm -hmm. you, you don't deserve anything but mark, but death. Yeah, and death and uh, yeah, but then that, that's true. You've the thing that is to do with what he's talking about is you've not built yourself up to strength, isn't it? He's not yeah. as if he's saying you, you're born weak. He's saying if no. you've if you've consigned yourself to being weak and, and accepted the fact that you'll be weak, yeah, you should just die in the corner, which is absolutely true. Which is why the Prophet said, you know, the Al Abdul Al Qawi Khairum in Allah Min Abdul Al Da'if. The strong believer is is better in the eyes of God than a, than a weak believer. They've built themselves up to be strong, strong in faith, strong in body, strong in mind, strong in intent. And so, this is the thing. I mean, people. As I said, people say religion is such a, a kind of backward idea. It's the thing that stops people going to war. Look at you know the statistics. You know, I was listening to Joe Rogan recently. And he was talking about religion. He said, "Well, the negative things of religion has created so many wars and hmm. death, and just you know, 
And then you could just easily say, well, all the research shows the opposite. And I mentioned this, I think, to you, or, or I think I must have mentioned to you, the wars that have taken place on, on, on Earth have been categorized and, 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 and um, studied in detail. Yeah. And, you know, all the human, all the records of wars that have taken place, why they've taken place, how many people were killed, what it shows is, you know, like two, two, just over 2% of people killed in wars in the history of humanity were killed in wars that were religious wars. And that's based on not one study, three studies, like that's the average. And 6% of wars that took place in human history were in some way you could say, well, that's a religious war that's based on religion, 6%. So you're left with 94% on people that are, you know, just wanting resources, wanting, you know, the wealth of other people, the land of <clears throat> other people, because they felt that, you know, there's not enough to go around. And so they mm -hmm. killed, maimed, pl um, pillaged. And then religion came and said, look, everybody's equal. The color of your, thing, your, 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 your skin is irrelevant. The, la the languages that you have are ways, ways to know each other, all these things. And there's enough to go for everybody to go around. That's essentially what all religions taught. Yeah. So there is enough for everyone. Yeah, and the shaitan says not. No. This is why the Quran says this is a sign for people that listen to Allah, not listen to the shaitan. And there is something you mentioned about how to approach risk mm. in hadith in, 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 a, in a graceful manner. Mm. Yeah, so that, I mean, that, I think we can cover that. That's quite a big topic. Yeah. Because um, in, in this chapter, I think there's a whole section on, on usury and interest or, or kind of illicit means of gaining wealth. I'm going to cover, inshallah, risk. And because the whole there's a whole cycle of understanding based upon what 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 wealth is, because wealth can be risk, can be mal, it can be ma'ash. These are three words that we use. They're completely different and they require different interactions. And so, you know, here ibtigha is just to strive. And what we strive for is essentially going to be ma'ash. Ma'ash is your paycheck or what you get in your hand. The mal will be what's left over after you've spent it. The risk is essentially what you use before you die. Yeah, so this can be a sign for people that listen. And that's very important. Mm. You know, listening um, is the, the quickest way of getting to your soul or affecting your soul. He, yeah, the, the ear. The ear is one of the ways yeah. of corrupting. This is why it's so important. I mean, I tell a lot of young people, like people think that music is um, doesn't affect them and it's not, as long as it's not really bad, it's not bad. It takes it takes the place of something better. Yeah. So yeah, least you're doing something the, because you said no to something else. Yeah, because the least of the the damage of of the, especially today's music, which is all digitalized and addictive, is that it just replaces something that you want to listen to, which is more tranquil. Mm -hmm. And so you know that's kind of a piece of advice I think people need to take because your soul will be affected by what you consume as much as Ramadan is. You you know you check whether the dates are from you know Palestine. Or Israel, you know, like you know, it's, it's haram to <laughs> dates that are from usurped land, which is what Israel produces. We know that, but it's also haram to consume in other ways, which is the ears and through the eyes as well. Um, and so, you know, part of the fasting is not just to fast from food and drink; it's also to fast from um, what's illicit in terms of sight. It's also what's illicit in terms of hearing, like backbiting and slander, and, and so on. So this is, you know, this is a kind of... So, uh, so basically the sequence is birth, uh, getting married, there are rules 
and then there is getting your maash, getting your um, livelihood in a way which is permissible. Mm. And this is a sign. And in order to get risk, you've got to look after your body, your soul. Mm. You, you sleep and you you are awake and you toil and you earn. And then this uh, goes on to So this, again, this, this is the theory of contrast. There is fear and there is hope. Now, the theory of hope is, is, the, is adding on here now the idea of the, the universe and the world, you have to connect it to your connect, connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, you know, all the, all the previous stuff is just um, biological, functional stuff, all the way to mm. gaining wealth. Up to there, just, you can say it's, it's not, religion's not part of that, but it's getting you to reflect yeah. over what, what's the purpose of this. But then when you look at the natural phenomena, the jump is that you have to make a connection between the phenomena and the one that creates the phenomena, that you see the lightning and this is what Freud, you know, a lot of um, atheist thinkers used to say as well. When people see something that they fear, then they then they imagine a God that will protect them from it. Hmm. So this is the way that as well that people came up with God because, you know, the, in a jungle they were scared of the dark and therefore they wanted to create an all-powerful being that would protect them, etc., etc. But then it doesn't answer the fact that things have to come out of something. There has to be a creator. And all that's being said here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that creates these functions and essentially they should point you towards him subhanahu mm. wa ta'ala so you hear that hear the lightning it creates a sense of awe the human consciousness feels this sense of humbling of insignificance and it creates fear and it creates hope fear of the damage and, and hope of the salvation but then right away the the salvation is in the fact that, that there's a function to the fear that is with lightning which is the fact that it was always associated with rain and what does the rain do? It does something good, not something bad. SubhanAllah. You don't understand? So people say, oh my God, the thunder. available. the thunder is there for a function. Like pain is there for a function. Like illness is there for a function. Poverty is there for a function. And what's interesting here is it gives life to the earth after it was dead. Yeah, and there is pubs, there is bust, and there is... Yeah, it's almost saying that with that with the difficulty, there's a purpose. Like we yeah. always say, why did God put me through this? And this is giving you this perfect wisdom of, okay, in creating a risk, in collecting it, you might go through difficulties. In the natural world, the same idea of fear and hope. There's always a certain function to it. And this is why Allah says, In this thing of understanding the purpose of difficulties, of, of things that inspire fear, hmm. there is something that free people that use their brain can understand, which is the world is not just a bed of roses. It is there, and it's there specifically. You know, I was, in, you know, here in Istanbul, there was thunder, and the thunder came with snow, and I've never seen that in my life. Really, really, very, very kind of, you know, scary thunder. I mean, the kids were scared, mm. and then as soon as that happened, you had this very, very deep, heavy snowfall, and now you know that. Here we had drought. There was kind of restrictions in water use and 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 etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And now the, all the all the kind of the um, the what would you call them the um, the reservoirs are filled for the first time in in a long time. So because when the snow falls, it slowly trickles through and it fills up the the lakes and reservoirs in a way that rain doesn't. Because rain, mm. you know, it 
it gets lost into in, in in the deluge. But you know, so with that fear is this this fact that there's a benefit to that as well. And so then the last verse, is, which which ends this whole discussion, is the whole idea of you be brought in front of Allah. That yeah, Allah yeah, is yeah, the yeah, one that Allah. establishes min ayatihin wal ardu that he 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 holds up the heaven and the earth through his command. And then when he makes a call to the caller of the earth, either antum takhrujun, you will all just come out of where turab, you know, you'll just come from where you were buried. It goes all yeah. the way from your birth to your death. You're brought out and you're essentially what? You're going to be questioned for all these blessings you had. Uh, reflections. Or Samin, you have Sheikh Rizwan say, انسان کی پیدائش سے لے کر کے اس کی زندگی کے تمام مراحل اور اس کا پھر موت کو پا لینا اور موت کے بعد دوبارہ سے اٹھا لیا جانا یہ تمام مراحل کو اللہ کی نشانیوں کے طور پہ ان آیات میں ہمارے سامنے رکھا ہے کہ کس طرح سے یہ سارا زندگی کا جو سفر ہے پیدائش سے لے کر کے موت اور موت کے بعد زندگی بعد موت اور زندگی کے تمام مراحل ان چھ آیات میں اللہ کی نشانیوں کے طور پہ ہمارے سامنے رکھے گئے ہیں امید ہے کہ ہم اس پہ مزید غور و فکر بھی کریں گے اور اس کی روشنی میں اپنی زندگیوں کو ترتیب دیں گے کل تک کے لیے اجازت دیجیے انشاءاللہ کل دوبارہ حاضر ہوں گے السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وعلیکم السلام ورحمۃ اللہ